Hello and welcome to the 250, the podcast where if you're going to eat a sandwich, you would just enjoy it more if you knew no one had fucked it. I'm Douglas and with me as always is my co-host Jonathan. How are you, Jonathan? Children of the night. <laughs> oh god. I don't know, I actually know what comes after that. You, you just had that one in the back Children pocket, Children huh? of the night. If this is your first time tuning into the 250, we have taken a snapshot of IMDb's top 250 movies of all time as of January 2020 and have begun watching them from number 250 through to number 1. In this podcast, we discuss our opinions, thoughts and reactions to the movies within. Today's movie is a divergence from the list as we take a look at a film that we think should have ended up on the 250. Bonus snub number 8, What We Do in the Shadows. Viago, Deacon, and Vladislav are three multi-centenarian vampires sharing a fra- Here we go. Here it is. Here we go. Viago, Deacon, and Vladislav are three multi-centenarian vampires sharing a flat with Peter the Nosferatu. What we do in the shadows follows their everyday lives in New Zealand as they make friends, keep themselves fra- Fuck. <laughs> what we do in the shadows follows their everyday lives in New Zealand as they make friends, keep themselves fed, and avoid prying eyes from the police, werewolves, and Christians. It's good. I don't do this. Do I do this? What are you talking about? Uh, what we do in the shadows is directed and written by Jermaine Clement. And what? I thought that was the take. That was the take. Fuck off. That was the take. That was absolutely not the take. That was totally the take. I said it completely fine. You did not start from the top though. You went from what Slot we do in together. the shadows. Okay. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Viago, Deacon and Vladislav are three multi-centenarian. Fuck. Centenarian. <laughs> I knew this would be a problem writing this in. Viago, Deacon, and Vladislav are three multi-centenarian vampires sharing a flat with Peter the Nosferatu. What we do in the shadows follows their everyday lives in New Zealand as they make friends, keep themselves fed, and avoid prying eyes from the police, werewolves, and Christians. What we do in the shadows is directed and written by Jermaine Clement, who is known for Fly the Concords, Men in Black 3, and Moana, and Taika Waititi, who is known for Hunt for the Wilder People, Jojo Rabbit, and Thor Ragnarok, amongst other uh, projects and titles. Both Jonathan and I have seen this film before, mm-hmm. and I don't know about you, Jonathan, but I, fucking, I was a bit worried about whether I would still like this film, coming back at it for the 250, but I still love it. It's still extremely good, yeah. So, uh, it's a comedy. I remember getting comedies yep. in the 250, Douglas. Remember, ah, uh, remember comedies. The good old days. Do the... What's the 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 harp sound? <laughs> Look back in our memory banks. Oh, oh yeah, wonder- I was about to say, um, uh, remember those films where they don't end with like someone dying in a horrible way? But that actually, it's a film about vampires, so that's a feature. Uh, yeah, yeah. People, people getting eaten and stuff is getting a key yeah. part of it. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know. I wasn't bummed out about it, so <laughs> this is true. It's much more, uh, much more comical. Mm, mm. Yeah, death, macabre, macabre. It's, um, I mean, Taika Waititi is ah. difficult to go past. He's, uh, mm. he's. Have you seen um, Jojo Rabbit? I haven't, and I was, mm. I was looking at that. Uh, that was coming up during. You a- should check it out. Um, you reckon it's good enough for a snub, maybe? Nah, not good enough for a snob. Okay. Um, but still a very good uh, Taika Waititi film. Um, mm. Definitely not his best, but it's still, you know, it's enjoyable. It's entertaining. Mm. And I can definitely see why people don't like it. And I think, again, this is a, a thing that I, you know, I bring this up every bonus snob film that we do now. I have to figure out why was this film not in the 250? What is stopping it? from reaching 250 status. And for me, I think it's the actual core context, the the notion of vampires and, you know, werewolves and all that stuff. That's not exactly everyone's cup of tea. And, for example, I think my mum would really enjoy this film, but she has the biggest thing against vampires. She just hates them. I don't know what it is about them. I think it's the sucking blood thing. I don't know. Mum, write me <laughs> at 250pod at gmail.com. Um, I still don't really get it, but it... Yeah, I can get why people wouldn't want to watch this film. 
from like a just looking at it from a you know no context poster level i can get it hmm. i um i watched uh it was a radio review of this film Ooh. that was a it wasn't negative but it was critical oh. and his i forget the guys they were from bbc i believe their hmm. key issue was the film feeling like uh, in their words, feeling like a 30-minute short film stretched over an hour and a yes. half. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Which, I don't know. I nah, didn't... I can feel that. I, I feel like... So, so for context, the film is, I think, an hour and 26 hour and minutes and a half. Something? Hour and 20, something like um, that. Yep. Le- less than, yeah. Yeah, about an hour and a half. Um, and I can agree that any longer... And I think you'd outstay your welcome. You'd run out of things that were funny. Mm. Um, but I th- for one sitting though, like that's the thing. I think that's why because what we do in the shadows, this uh, you may have uh, list dear listeners, you might have heard of it before because it was then turned into a TV series that came out in 2019 with um, uh, I think Tiger Watiti is behind the uh, production and all of that of it, right? Surely. Uh, It's like his baby. Um, But uh, it's similar context, similar uh, style of comedy from uh, all reports that I've uh, observed. Um, Comedy, vampires, uh, with the occasional shtick for uh, somber loneliness. (laughs) It's uh, What We Do in the Shadows, the TV show, the showrunner is Jermaine Clement. And I would assume right. that Taika Waititi is involved in some capacity, but he doesn't appear to be as big of a from my leading force from my very very quick skim of the IMDb page. Uh, yeah, he's not as you know integral. So, all, uh, I believe, yeah. Oh no, oh no, Taika Waititi's a, a writer for it. Oh, there we go. Great for, for every episode. So, I guess so. They mm. um. Yeah, yeah. They don't uh, 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 reprise their acting roles in the same way. Yeah, no. But which, yeah, which is fine. <laughs> mm, mm. Not an issue. But that's what I mean. I think that this uh, style of comedy, this uh, the the story that they present, suits very more to that. It fits much better to that half hour kind of like block. I mm. think if you start to stretch. Anywhere past this hour and a half mark, I feel like the joke can lose its um, its initial sting, its initial <laughs> bite, for lack of a better uh, term. Ha ha. Um, <laughs> I was really hoping you might come in with something there to, oh. s- to save me, but no, that's all right. Just fucking leave me dead in the air, why don't you? <laughs> Edit in a cricket sound there. I this went so quiet that I thought that the Discord had disconnected. <laughs> Just like expectantly looking at me, and I'm like, I'm looking at Metacritic reviews right now. I got nothing for you. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're shit out of luck. I think one of the maybe more critiques I could agree with more is that it doesn't reward multiple viewings, and a lot of like really, mm. really smart comedies do. Um, and I think I can agree with that, but um. Uh, it also, like, once again, like, this is the second time I've watched it, and I assume probably more for you, um, and I wasn't, you know, it was still fucking hilarious every time, Yeah, like, mm. like a lot of the jokes really took me by surprise, because I yeah. kind of just forgotten about them, and they come back, mm. and I'm like, that's still amazingly classic. It doesn't have the depth of a multi-layered Hot Fuzz-style film. But that's not necessarily a problem. I think it's a different type of movie. Yeah, I don't think that's what it's going for. And I think, yeah, as you said, it's not exactly a film that you're coming to look for hidden meanings and details and things like that within the actual bulk of the film, like the cinematography and the the layout of it itself. I think it's more of a case of you're coming back for the specific moments within mm. the film. Like the a lot of the great comedy beats that just you can't imagine them or deliver them to any justice 
um, other than the way that Jermaine Clement, Tiger Watiti, and um, uh, who's Deacon Johnny Johnny Brug, Johnny Brug, Jonathan Brug, um, Johnny Jonathan Brug. Um, yeah, those guys are just phenomenal, and you can't, uh, yeah, do it any justice other than how they do it. Hmm. Yeah. So. I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. I I get a feeling deep inside. I understand <laughs> why it's not on the list, right? Like yes, it's hard agreed. to put into words. I get it. I think, but it's still a extremely good film and very oh, very absolutely. Funny. So, mm. Mm. And I it, think even if uh, I should say that even if you're not down to clown with vampires or horror or, you know, any of these kind of werewolf zombie themes, things like that, I would urge you to at least give it a shot. Mm. Um, because A, Taika Waititi, when this film first came out, Taika Waititi was just a tiny little New Zealand director boy um, who did this and Hunt for the Wilder People. Now he's got Thor Ragnarok under his belt mm. He's um, and Jojo Rabbit. Uh, he's got a couple of films that have gone into more of a wider uh, presence. So if you enjoyed either of those films, I would strongly encourage you to check out What We Do in the Shadows because it's more of the same, but uh, equally as fantastic. I was about to mention his inclusion in The Mandalorian because he directed one episode of that, but it's actually... Oh, he did. Of season one, but it's actually my least favorite episode. <laughs> Oh, really? I think it's got a lot to do with his uh, direction, unfortunately. <laughs> but that's okay. Oh, mm. That's a very different thing. That's not very comedic, I guess. Um, mm, mm. Yeah, it's a different um, atmosphere. Mm. It, it was, mm. um, I don't know. It, it's, it's, the, it's the season finale of episode one. Of season one is season directed one. by him. Yeah. And um, if it's Jermaine Clement, I'm going to be very embarrassed. But I'm pretty sure it's not Jermaine Clement. Uh but, Who directed it? Yeah, it's, no, it's Taika Waititi because he voices the the assassination yeah, robot as well. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a side well, thing. His performance. Big in- fuck you, Jonathan, because IMDb gives the final one the highest ratings out of the entirety of season one. <laughs> so you right. are in the strong minority on that one. That's all right. Like, oh yeah, because people on IMDb are so fucking clever, Douglas. Yeah, yeah. What a bunch of he. It's it's it, it's once again we're we're gonna be ruined by this because because we go into every bonus episode going why isn't this on the list and then you look at you know Hachi a dog's Hachi. tail and you're like <laughs> ah it uh, makes sense. This is, it's, it's harder to make this comparison now because why is because you know it's clearly better than that. Some of the crappier films we had a bit early in will beat PK out any day. Or PK, yep. also comedy. Uh, I think there's a lot more creativity here. Even though it's kind of... It's your same kind of like fish out of water, deadpan kind of, you know, like oh, yeah. weird we something should... interacts with the modern world yeah. concept. We should, we should touch on that as well in the way that it's... Um, I mean, obviously a... Uh, a very milk toast line can be thread from uh, what we do in the shadows to the office in terms of uh, deadpan satire mockumentary uh, kind of delivery. Um, and so yeah, if you yeah if you get down with that, you'll uh, nine out of ten get down with this. Um, it's just yeah, again, I think it's just purely the the vampire thing just puts some people off. Um, completely irrelevant i just uh, this just popped up on my imdb thing um there's a ballet drama that's coming to netflix um called tiny pretty things which is allegedly black swan meets pretty little liars and i kind of want to get down with that so wow uh congrats on bringing something that's completely and 110 percent irrelevant to the conversation it's it's just because i was looking at imdb because we were talking about what we do in the shadows and then you were talking about mandalorian and then i looked at the last episode of the mandalorian and i sort of had a 9.3 and i was like oh jonathan's in the minority on that one and then i went okay back to the home page and i'm sitting on the home page talking to you i glanced over and I see tiny pretty things. Ballet drama hits Netflix December fourteenth. Okay, God. You know what's something I'm really excited about? 
conceptually. Don't say Avatar 2. Have you seen on TikTok at the moment people putting together oh. the Ratatouille uh, musical? Oh, the musical Ratatouille? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I actually... Okay, yeah, I can't get down with that. That yeah. needs to be a thing. That looks yeah. so good. Actually, uh, is Ratatouille mm-hmm. on the bonus snubs? It's not on the list. I think it's Surely in... Not. Oh, is it not? Is it? I thought it was. Maybe it is. I could have swore it was. Really? Ratatouille is a hot. I'm hot used to things I like not being on the list. Not being in the list, yeah. Uh, nope. Okay, you know what? Looks like it's not. Banging the snubs, it goes. Snubs. I adore that movie. Um, do you want to jump to uh, Spoiler Town or can we. Yeah, do- sure. I think we've yeah, yeah. Fucking uh, general opinions. I recommend this film. I think if you've got a thing against vampires, you'll probably like. I ugh, I really want you to still try and give it a shot. So I think it's great, and I think it's a good experience, and it's good entertainment. But uh, if it's not your shtick, no bloody wick, no wick <laughs> in your candle, John Wick. It's very good. I'm gonna <laughs> give it a two Michelin stars. I reckon it is fucking hilarious. Um, the acting is really good. We haven't really touched on that yet, but the, just like the comedy performances drive so much of it. Um, uh, I, I guess you could say some of the cinematography is maybe uninspired, maybe. I could argue that. It's, but, but it's not gonna, it's not really pulling the film down that much. Um, it's a mockumentary as well. You're not yeah, really exactly. mockumentary kind of is like almost the... found footage kind of photography more one, than anything. Once so. again, and I think I've we've mentioned this every time we have a comedy, in that it is so fucking hard to review comedies. I don't know hmm. without just like talking about the bits. Uh, it's it's difficult. it's hard to pitch. Um, yeah, D- Douglas, absolutely. did you laugh? I did many times. Oh, I did many times as well. And perhaps our viewers may laugh also if they were to watch this wonderful piece of cinema. Well, now let's head on over to Spoiler Town. Let's get that audience laugh track. (laughs) Just like a really drastic fucked up one, like from like, you know, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody that everyone has low key heard, like... 157 times throughout their childhood and then I just play that and give them a huge hit of like PTSD of like oh my god I'm in my childhood anyway do you know that a lot of laugh track stuff wasn't actually created by a live audience there's like no there's so much like like there's a I forget where I learned about this but they I watched some video I think on a guy who was the laugh the laugh track guy and his whole fucking like his job was creating laugh tracks that he thought like fit with the feel of a of a gag of the gag and he wow. could, I, and he had like a piece of kit so he could do them live so we go like oh i think that needs a bit of like a bit of this uh, you know a bit of clapping bit of the needs general <laughs> uh, yeah yeah and then and then like right at the end i'm going to i'm going to put in like the deep throaty like chuckle laugh right at the end mm. from like to give it a little bit of wow. flair. So he layers it. He layers it like a song. I believe so. I got to find this wow. again. But it's, it's... Yeah, yeah. It's like way more in-depth than you'd think. It's... Mm. But there's if an you're, art to making a good laugh track. If you're listening to it, there's like, you know, footprints of... You can pitch like it. Mm. Fing- fingerprints mm. of certain laughs that are all slotted together in uh, mm. probably any uh, laugh track show that doesn't explicitly say... This was filmed in front of a live audience. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm probably using <laughs> some kind of pre-made laugh, laugh track. track man. Yeah, yeah, the laugh track robot. Uh, anyway, this oh, that's like the last episode of uh, the Auntie Donna TV show. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Everyone go check out the Auntie Donna TV show on Netflix. One. It's really good. That's, that's a, a that's a very good plug. Auntie Donna Auntie Donna is an Australian comedy group. They just got a Netflix show. They deserve it. It's a really good show. And if you haven't heard of them before, please go check it out. I feel like this is um, something we should have left right till the end instead of uh, directly well, after the spoiler. Well, you fucking brought it up, didn't well, you? Well, oh, hey, I was going to leave it to the end, but that's okay. I guess it's fine, Douglas. <sighs> just going to just, just gonna jump just, on in there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've, we've mentioned before, this is a mockumentary. 
yes. which I don't think it's I don't think you could call it like a tired kind of concept. I think it's big in TV, your yeah. your offices and your park, parks and recs and and stuff, um, uh, which I think maybe works for TV where you need to be more concise with like communicating characters' feelings directly mm. to the audience. Um, mm. And I feel like in a lot of cases, it's a horrifically bad idea in film, but in something that's a bit absurdist, it kind of like layers that absurdity by mm. having, uh, uh, you know, something crazy happen. And then people just go like, oh yeah, so, you know, uh, we we, I think we get virgin blood because it sounds cooler and like <laughs> like things like characters being completely straight at, like straight about like something absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, the one of my favorite short bits is um, I think it's Vlad describing how he became a vampire. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I said so this creature. He told me to drink his blood, and he's Peter. And we've been friends ever since. And it like zooms out, and Peter's just stare, like sitting there, like kind of nodding, along. nodding away. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of the um, uh, just writing off of that. A lot of the comedy for me, uh, the the bits that I wrote down where I was like, this is a good bit, um, came a- more from uh, physical things more mm. so than the actual words this time around. The um, uh, Vlad again introducing his um torture chamber and he goes this is my torture chamber and then he just kind of gestures at it and smiles like really like like welcome to my crib like it had that kind of like vibe to it fucking hell and then um when they're out on the street and they meet those uh the two girl little girl vampires yes they're like uh, so what are you doing off to kill some perverts tonight and they're they're like yeah we're we're meeting a pedophile and he's like cool and he's cool cool Uh, the delivery on it is so fucking good. Oh, um, which is, yeah, it's like so much of it is delivered very straight edge, very, um, uh, I'm a deadpan naked gun. Yeah. I guess, Mm -hmm. uh, that's probably Mm. stretching it. That's just kind of more like a definition of like your deadpan comedy. Sure. Yeah. Mm. And and Mm. once again, fits in very well with your whole like absurdist concept. Um, Uh, the mockumentary as well allows them to do number one uh a lot of i don't know i don't know whether you can call it a positive or a negative but there's the the way that that shot means things like um a lot of your a lot of your angles are a lot you know flatter and Mm. kind of boring there isn't like loads of like really close close up in like conversations and stuff um well I think one one note that I wrote is that I thought a lot of the special effects were actually exceedingly fucking good, given that especially given that they had a one point six million dollar budget, mm. which is far less than what most films fucking get. It's ten um, times less what Hutchie Hutchie exactly. the film about walking around America, <laughs> a small what is it Rhode Island or wherever the fuck it is in America, yeah. yeah. Mm. And like, there's there's moments where you can tell, like, there's uh, the segment where they find the vampire hunter down in the basement, and they have to uh, do the full 180 on the dude's head to yeah. turn him around, and the camera like zooms in and goes out of focus for a little bit, so you can reset the shot and get him to you know yeah. actually turn his head the right way. It's you know it's little stuff like that, but it's I don't know. I think that's kind of charming, and it's kind of it. You know, the film leans into that a lot, I think, which is fine. If it if the film owns that kind of a vibe, then you know, there's there's no worries, really. Mm. It's very um it's very horror movie. Uh but with yeah, a horror yeah. horror movie it's because they're they're stuck, you know, with a with a small budget. Whereas this mm. film, because that's not an intention to like be scary really um mm. it lets them do things like yeah like aforementioned twisting the head all the way around and also um uh, nick's chase sequence was yes. the other one that yeah. comes to mind for me so yeah. you've got yeah. these fine looking werewolf costumes they look fine yeah um but as soon as you have like 
you know, a cameraman that's kind of running and shaking with his camera and it's all like out of focus and it's all dark and everything. Or uh, silhouetted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It yeah. hide it hides that a lot better. And once again, mm. in a mm. uh in a horror movie that's kind of just like poor you know, it's it's not having any good videography to like lean on. Um mm. you know, your special effects suck, so you've kind of just gotta obscure it. It's you hide those inconsistencies through the the lens of the camera. And I think that's I mean, if I could make a similarity if I may um, Mandy does a very similar thing with um, its uh, monsters, for lack of a better mm. um, term. It, it, uh, Mandy was another film that has a very uh, relatively small budget. And uh, while it has some very creative monster designs in that film, it hides those inconsistencies by utilising the camera, utilising lighting. And I think it's, a, yeah, it's really ingenuitive of a, on a director's part, on a cinematographer's part, to go, this is what we've got and we have to make this work, so let's fuck around with the camera. Let's see mm. what we can do to actually get it to fucking print. And yeah, yeah Ma- I think Mandy, that's great. Mandy doesn't do as much of like uh, a crappy horror film job i think it's more no, just no, like no, no. very dark and there's the exactly effects that it's are lighting kind of, yeah the effects that are kind of built into the aesthetic of the film help to do stuff like that um hmm. not to defend mandy kind of irrelevant to the film at hand but uh but yeah there's like a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it and in kind of like a very grisly horror film you you don't just want to focus on horrible i'm shaking my hands shaky cam and out of focus <laughs> on whatever you you can but relying on it too much gives you uh it just feels kind of uh, uh amateur Whereas and you lose this, your audience you lose yeah. your audience a little bit in all of the the shakiness and the chaos you can sometimes lose your audience and they're just going what the fuck what is actually huh what is happening like there i'm sure the in that sequence um Stu gets uh, supposedly killed, murdered mm. by the werewolves. And if it weren't for the characters going, Stu, no! And like, you know, actually verbalizing what is happening, yeah. then I probably would have been completely lost and just gone, I, someone's dying. I don't know who it is. Um, I also love that they have that bit as well where the cameraman gets fucking mauled by yeah. the werewolves as yeah, well. Yeah. I thought that was a very good, like, uh, horror trope, uh, found footage horror trope. Uh, uh, nod where yeah whoever's holding the camera gets mauled and they you know the camera falls to the ground static the cameraman gets dragged off away from the camera that yeah I love that shit that's which great which is it's normally a bit kind of schlocky uh, in a mm. horror film but because the initial reason for that was the mockumentary thing which is actually more of a comedic uh, mechanic yeah. throwing that back in is like almost more comedy uh like referential i guess i guess um yeah. i don't i don't really feel one way or another about it but um it's used yeah i guess effectively like 1.6 million dollars is yeah. not much money at all and yeah i don't think they're blowing loads of money on cast members uh which is probably probably allowed them to save a bunch of money on this shit but, I would um, be very, very surprised if uh, Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi both took a huge cut out of this film. Yeah. I would say they got the profit that they got off of this film would have probably been bum tiddly fuck all. This really <laughs> does feel like it's just a power project that these two dudes came up with and they just really wanted to bring it to life. Mm. They had one, $1. $1.6 in the kitty and they went, you know what? We're just going to do it with what we got. And we might not get much out of it, but at least we put out something that, you know, we're we're proud of and we enjoy. Both um, of them are doing pretty well, so... Well, yeah, uh, now they're doing well, but, you know, oh, yeah. 2014, pre-2014 as well, before the film came out, when it was shot. Um, yeah, you know, it's... Mm. This, this does remind me, talking about actors, um, so I read, read into, I looked at... Um, Stu, because I find him. Yes, I'd love him as a as a, char- as a yeah. character. As mm. like the way he's acted is mm. incredibly mm-hmm. funny. I was like, what is this dude's deal? Like, what else has he done? Mm-hmm. Um, not really. Uh, like not heaps else. He did act in Boy and uh, 
no, he acted in Boy. Uh, if you if you don't mind, I might just read a quick bit of trivia that okay, I have on it. Stu since you brought him up. Hit me with it. Um, he's obviously his actual name is Stu Rutherford, and yep. a lot of the characters in the cast are actually they call themselves by their names. A lot of mm. the human characters call themselves by their real names. Um, but uh, Stu had not played a primary acting role in movie prior to appearing in this one. He was an extra in Boy in 2010. Ah, there we go. And Stu was a part-time business analyst for a Wellington company called Landworks. He was hired for the film under the impression that he would be working on computers and that he would play a small part in the film. And then, obviously, Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi just took this dude and just... They saw there was a little spark in there somewhere and they went, oh, we can fucking... We the can ul- send He's the this. ultimate straight character, right? He's, oh, yeah. He's just nothing. He's completely... Un- he looks uncomfortable all the time. But yeah, also, like, yeah. like, unfazed, I guess. Mm, like, he's never mm. scared by anything. He's, he's kind of just he's like... He's rosy oh. red cheeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is that amazing... I love that shot of the whole crew and the whole every, cast yeah. everyone is gray except for Stu, and they've really pulled the red out of his face he's out really of his like, popping and, yeah. which is hilarious because <laughs> everyone else looks just like a corpse dead um, yeah yeah uh, yeah so i did i did notice this because he i'm wondering is Stu like one of their friends or something because he obviously yeah, he's acted in this he was an extra in boy he was uh, he's done like technical director and like production assistant like mm. parts in other jo- uh, other films that Taika has uh, directed. Uh, mm. He's a I, I wonder I, I don't know I wonder if there's like more info on him somewhere. He's a bit of an enigma, which is kind of wonderful. But I it I've... seems like he's just like his pal or something. <laughs> I would like to think that they probably formed a very good, uh, if working relationship, just companionship and friendship mm. through filming what we do in the shadows. I think Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement obviously struck a chord with Stu and found a, um, a yeah, a great companion in him. And if any, if the the actions in the film are to be believed, um, and all of the yeah credits and stuff that he has following on from. What we do in the shadows, yeah. Which I guess acting-wise, um, we can probably talk about some of the other uh, actors. So Absolutely, we can we can run through our main trio. Mm. So Stu, amazing, love him, love yeah, him, love Stu, him. Yeah, just yeah, plays phenomenal. it completely straight the whole way through, which is just mm. hilarious. Um, mm. uh, we have our troublesome threesome, our mm. Viago and Deacon, who are played by uh oh no wait i got those wrong vlad and viago which are played by jermaine and taika and deacon mm-hmm. who's you said before is played by johnny brew um uh the original short film um i think what was it oh uh, yeah vlad's original name was volvus and i think it's probably a good <laughs> idea that they changed that <laughs> Just to sneak on past the, mm-hmm. uh, uh, get the rating board <laughs> on board. Which is, um, oh, and the little, what, what, what's the, like, moustache goatee combo called? But that, like, that as well. He looks, he just looks too Flight of the Concords without it. It's a very good actually, that yeah. Mm, um, mm. So our three, our three characters are kind of your, um, your kind of sex-crazed, sexy vampire <laughs> Uh, yeah. which is Vlad. You've got Deacon, who's your kind of like, I guess, newer age. Angsty. Like, cool. Um, he's, or- he's just the bad boy of the group. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, uh, Viago, who's your kind of standard, um, uh, like, count uh, character, which they've twisted a little bit, which I think was a good idea, because mm. having him as, like, unbelievably polite and like neat uh, is a huge source of humor throughout. Yeah, um, absolutely. As well as and and Tyker sells that really well. It's amazing. It's so fucking good. Um, mm. The <laughs> the kind of like cleanliness whole thing. Um, you've got that one scene with him biting the lady and her mm. bl- like her neck just like pissing blood all across <laughs> the room. Uh, which Shit. Le- <laughs> which leads to one of my like favorite like tiny moments that it was just like such a special little like 
moment of Nuggets, attention to detail yeah. where he he's tucking his um his little neck ruffle back in to his shirt <laughs> yeah. and he's like bumping the lavalier mic. <laughs> it's like something about that got me. It was such a uh, tiny little it's... thing. Ah, uh, it's so like that. They obviously like you know if they wanted to, they could have just muted that sound. But it just it adds to that the the aura of it all, the mockumentary yeah. vibe. The you know, the it, this shit's like pretty much as raw as it comes. <laughs> it's what you get in the shot is what gets put to put to screen. Mm. Um, I think um, Viago does a lot of the heavy lifting with um, yeah with. Uh, the I mean the comedy in general, um, mm. and like driving the plot. He's um, he's like facial expressions where mm. like there's something about that man. I don't know. It's he's just so hilariously expressive. It just yeah. I and, and I get. I think your 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 deacon and your uh, blood don't do that quite as much. Mm. Um, mm. Which is still fine. I was I was relatively surprised by the lack of um, physical comedy. I seem to, for some odd reason, I seem to remember there being more physical comedy in this film, but there's not. There's that brief moment where they're all kind of introducing each other, where Vlad shoots an arrow into Tiger's <laughs> knee, uh, into Viago's knee, and he does this fucking like fantastic slapstick yes. fall over, like knocks over the like, lamp, tries to grab something, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, sitting on the ground and <laughs> shit. That is. <laughs> Very, very special, that one. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but beyond that, like, there's not too much, yeah, actual... Oh, uh, Nick flying in through the window, that's another yep. uh, physical comedy beat. But, yeah, again, it's all more... It's more dedicated... The The screen time is dedicated more to wordplay and uh, really leaning in and driving the knife into uh, the satire mm. of the actual context, which, um, yeah, I love. I think there's still some stuff like um, Nick eating the the chips and then vomiting blood. Oh, true. Yeah. Uh, yep. There's yep. the the taekwondo bit, um, <laughs> and the the Hi. bit with <laughs> the bit with um, Vlad cleaning with the vacuum cleaner and kind of like oh, sort yeah. of riding the vacuum cleaner as he mm. like floats mm. up the staircase. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, I I, yeah, I I think there's I don't think it leans on it, and I think that's... Yeah. Uh, well, that's has... more like that's visual comedy. the The one with Vlad sitting on the law on the lawnmower on the vacuum cleaner um, is yeah. That's more visual comedy, I think, mm. more so than physical. Physical involves like for me anyway, in my definition. Okay. Um, it involves like slapstick, and okay, there needs okay. to be like a, a a physical element to okay. it for it to uh, yeah to be physical comedy. I think that's where. Well, I think there's plenty of that's where my comedy. mind sits. There's plenty yeah. of visual comedy, Douglas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I for your oh, eyes. If you if you were if you were blind, you wouldn't have laughed. If you were if you weren't blind, I mean, no wait. If you were blind and you heard the bow and arrow bit, you would maybe <laughs> chuckle because Viago said shit really funnily. <laughs> I think it's but a, this is but, stretching the definition. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, 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 but if you were blind and you were watching the film and then everyone goes, ha, 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 when uh, everyone sees Vlad riding the vacuum cleaner, the blind person would have been going, huh? I don't know about that definition, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, um, fuck, at least I tried. I Go think on. there's variety, Douglas, in the comedy. Yes, yes. Um, and I think that's, that's maybe... Um, drawing on a recent one that I think does uh, a recent comedy uh, I think Ooh. I've talked about when I watched um, fuck what's it called oh Irresistible with Steve Carell ah yes mm-hmm. and that is all just like like bits really yeah um, mm. there's yeah wow there's really not that much there's like a little bit of like a little bit of visual comedy there's mm. like a little bit of cliche but this is like very like widespread uh and it obviously i'd say it primarily leans on your kind of like parody uh mm. Mm. and your kind of like absurdist 
Um, and it's kind of this application of the absurd to the modern world. That's where the majority of the bits is. And maybe that's a reason that some people don't like it as much. Maybe that's... Um, it's yeah. kind of like observational yep. comedy almost. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, another one that is good for your, your visual physical comedy is Peter. Um, very mm. oddly enough, um, Peter does. Peter um, actually played the actor uh, who played um, Peter, who is Ben uh, Francham. Ben Francham. Uh, was Francham. an extra in the <laughs> Francham, uh Was an extra in the Lord of the Rings series. He oh. um, played some of the goblins and Urukai and things like oh. that. So um, he's, he's used to being clobbered up in uh, the similar sort of uh, physical makeup and prosthetics that Peter. Oh my goodness! Uh, has so he's, he's obviously a bit of a bit of a pro at it. He's a goblin, a Lothlorien elf, and an Urukai. In yep. in the Fellowship of the Ring, and then an Elven yep. warrior in the Two Towers. We'll have to keep an eye out for him when we get up there. I yeah, in like four years' time, I can't. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I sure hope we remember. <laughs> mm, we will have forgotten. I can guarantee yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, I just yeah, I really liked Peter more so on this ne- um on this run through mm. than I have in previous run throughs. I really found a lot more. Uh, of Peter's, yeah, kind of understated moments of uh, hilarity. There's, um, I mean, obviously the uh, the big Nosferatu nod nod. The one of him gliding past the window yeah. and then looking to looking out of the window is very, um, very good. And then him ending up catching Nick is actually like on your first watch through. It, it quite terrifying when Peter just like <laughs> lunges out of the darkness and grabs Nick, and then the camera just kind of swirls into the darkness. Um, that's that's physical then, comedy, Douglas. That is physical comedy. It's initially <laughs> frightening, but then you go, "Oh fuck, it's just Peter." Um, uh, and the the hiss that he does to Viago at the mm. start as well is yeah yeah um, yeah also superb. And there's there's one moment where he's. He's standing there. I think I can't remember who it is. Maybe it's Deacon. He's standing there talking to Peter, and Peter just has this very like kind of he he's understanding what's being said like through his eyes, and he's kind of he's nodding along and going, mm-hmm, "I understand." Mm-hmm. Yes, C- continue saying words. Like it was it was just so like placid and very like it was just so yeah almost relaxed. I love yeah. Peter so much. Is it, the, is, it the, is it the one where he's sitting? He's sitting opposite Deegan across that like little kind of small round table up against the wall. No, no, no. it's when he's in his tomb and someone's oh, talking to him. It's yeah. Um, someone's telling him not to eat stew. <laughs> Stew, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, Nick, I think it was Nick just, just saying that, maybe. Or he's yeah, maybe yeah. it's Viago or that something. That is really, yeah. really funny. I did. It like was that. so good. Yeah, yeah. Just the having someone who is so silent, I think, is uh, so key to uh, this film. I think mm. having yeah a silent member of this cohort of undeniably loud and just uh, I wouldn't say oppressive, but um bombastic uh, mm. group of uh characters is yeah it's very key um to the comedy yeah the uh there's plenty of straight men uh in this film wait <laughs> that's really the the line you want to go with uh, it's technically the term okay i mean yeah no, sure it's a straight All man right. um yep. and it's what we're going with over here at sure. the 250 <laughs> mhm mhm um hang on numbers coming back from the crew Team, what are we looking at? We're looking at a solid seven. That's a that's a seven on the board that you got there, Jonathan. That's your first seven. Jonathan's uh, first seven here on the two five zero, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go, folks. Um, the numbers came back. I feel like I don't want to lay shit on on Nick, but I feel like I think he's maybe- probably the weakest out of the crew. But I don't think that's a fault of him. I think that's a fault of his character. Yeah, I feel like he's even maybe supposed to be a little cringe-inducing. Yeah, yeah, as, yeah. As maybe that's why I'm kind of like, eh. I don't mm, think that's my kind mm. of cup of tea. Uh, and also, when the rest of the 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 vampire cast are also superb, mm. um, I think it's you know it's easy uh, or it's hard to not compare Nick to yeah that group. I suppose uh, being put up against fucking Jermaine Clement has to be a yeah look God a tough call. 
Uh, Shit's got to be rough. Yeah. <laughs> um, music. Yeah. You- oh, dude. I fucking... I tuned into the soundtrack so much more on this run through. Mm. Plan 9, man. Those guys are fantastic. They really bring through so many kooky genres and sounds and instruments to the um the 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 film yeah it's just oh i loved it so much it's um i i douglas could see my notes here i'm having a very very difficult time uh uh categorizing <laughs> some of the music in there i have medieval music with three question marks three question and then marks. i went jewish party music with about <laughs> seven question marks it's it's a uh, transylvanian that's what i get i guess so there's um, um there's a lot of it's like a lute or something i don't know mm, it, it kind of mm. sounded like a sitar or something there's a couple of like woodwind went. instruments in there as well um I yeah mean, uh yeah yeah it's great of, anyway yeah it's it's just superb and it it perfectly highlights and encapsulates all of the the action that the film gives i especially love the finale song the song that plays through like the kind of little epilogue moments it's so like it sends the film off on such a high on such a like a a, a jaunty raucous note i think it's yeah it's really good mm, mm. um uh fuck <laughs> fuck it's there's there's cuts over actually kind of um knives out style little shots of uh um just like old paintings and stuff of vampires yeah little strummy kind of medieval music over the top of that which just gels perfectly it was one of those films where the music i had to go back i did it just before we started recording i was like that there was music in this film right i was like did they pull like a mockumentary move and have no music? Uh, no, there's oh, fuckloads of music in this film. There's so much music, yeah. And, yeah. It, and it fit in so well that I did not... It just washed over me and I kind of just mm. absorbed it without thinking the, about it too um, much. The the soundtrack that plays whatever they mentioned, The Beast, and it like cuts to that one really fucked up uh, artwork like the with the circular one with the penis on its chest. Yeah, the penis on the chest. Yeah, and it does the like boom <laughs> sound. <laughs> Which such an amazing piece of like long form comedy where um where they learn who the beast is and it's just like Janice. No, yeah, Juliet. Uh, yeah, Juliet. It's just like a like oh, attractive no. vampire Sabrina. Like, oh, I can't remember her name. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, also very well played. Uh, the Beast mm. is... Um, yeah, she's fantastic. She's and really good. That, uh, that whole moment, I think you were briefly talking about the whole, like, the fourth wall breaking elements of a mockumentary. Mm. Um, I'd... In that, there's that confrontational bit where they realise that Stu, they're starting to click on that Stu is a human and that they want to eat Stu. Yeah. And then they start having that confrontation. And then you kind of, as an audience, you get wrapped up in it and the fourth wall kind of comes back down again because you're just an onlooker. The, mm. the camera is, an on, is a window into this confrontation. And then uh, the beast, I forget her name, uh, she actually, she points out, she's like, why are you bringing cameras in here? And I'm like, oh God, it is a mockumentary. <laughs> like it's that like it, the film is like don't forget you are still present you are still here you know you can um, you can you can't eat stew you can't eat the cameraman oh well maybe but you can one maybe of them. eat him he's fine <laughs> <laughs> oh it's so fucking good yeah yeah they they really work with the the mockumentary bit they uh they do yeah and that it's and it's, breaking it's because it's such a situation where something like your uh uh Spinal Tap, having people yeah. with cameras around seems completely normal. But in something mm. like this, you need to remember, and it comes up again with like the police, um, yeah, going through the apartment, and they're just like, "What's up with these guys?" Yeah, yeah. What are, you, what are the cameras in here? And the oh, the that whole bit is great as well. The yeah. police, both the policeman and the woman are fantastic. I yeah. love their performances so much. Um, Mike Minogue and uh, Karen O'Leary. Mm. Um, who both reference themselves by their actual last names in the fucking film. Um, Karen O'Leary especially, she was a big standout for me. Her, the, the way she delivers her lines is just so fucking authentic. I love it so much. It's, it sounds so... The, the, and we're falling back on this, but it's, it's, it's um, 
I'm falling back on this. Uh, mm. Auntie Donna. Um, the, yeah. the only other time where I felt the way that I felt with the police in this film is the Glenridge Secondary College bit. Yeah. Where it's a whole yeah. series of skits that are filmed in a high school. And as someone mm. who... I mean, it's been a while now, actually, but hasn't isn't that far out of high school. They'll bring all these things up and you're like, that's exactly it. That is... It's, that yeah, is it's rigid for lack of a... Perfectly encapsulates it. And for the, lack of a better term, it's rigid <laughs> The The police are like, oh, you know, you... Oh, you you better sort this. They they kind of no like, smoke detectors, mate. You got to get that sorted out. Got to get that sorted <laughs> out. Look at that. Oh yeah, it's like and he's like, oh, I think we'll bring it up at the next um the next flat meeting. Flat he's like, meeting. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, you know, that's a good that, idea. You should do that. You got to get these things looked at. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Oh, he's gonna wake up. He's not gonna feel too good, is he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are. It's just stellar. Just like that is exactly exactly how it is and it completely yeah. drops away that it's a film and you're like this is real police officers that have walked on set fucking monty python <laughs> style and yes. are like what the fuck is going on in here <laughs> and the um uh, the bait and switch that uh yeah. the constable minogue does or whatever he's like wait a second and he like puts a flash of, no smoke detectors there's no smoke to add there. She's like, no smoke, but take it like it's, <laughs> it's such a like it's such a yes and kind of move. Yeah, yeah which is excellent. I remember that. Obviously, uh, knowing the plot at this point kind of um, mm. cuts that out a little bit. But I remember watching it the first time, going like, are they going to get caught? Like, yeah, yeah, totally. Like, yeah. Uh-oh. Uh oh. And it does an excellent job of that. Of actually, actually having tension in this dumb vampire <laughs> documentary film. <laughs> Because <laughs> Viago sets the stakes as well. He has that bit where he pulls the cameras aside yeah. and he's like, you know, if we kill them, there might be more police and Christians. <laughs> we don't want that. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, there's there's one key, uh, I guess, group that we aren't uh, talking about while we've been talking about the cast, mm. and that's the werewolves led I by Reese wanted- Darby. Holy shit, that's so good. Fucking Reese Darby, man. I I think this film was my first encounter with uh, Reese Darby as an actor or a um uh, a personality. Mm. Um and ah fuck, I love him so much. Any any single time I I hear his New Zealand vocal cords, it's just the best time. He has, as far as I'm concerned, Reese Darby has the best New Zealand accent. Um, I think it's it's an interesting it it. It's almost played differently than um, than it is in uh, like for the vampires. They kind of play this absurdist and kind of like uh, concept of like what these vampires are like in one very certain way, and it feels a lot different with the werewolves, where they're just like a bunch of like really nice guys who are like had this like weird sense of morality and everything mm. um mm. Uh, which which i think is probably We're werewolves, good. not swearwolves mate yeah <laughs> werewolves not swearwolves um <laughs> uh i i i yeah it's played differently and i think it's a nice bit of contrast to, to the vampires it's not just more yep. of the same it's it's maybe a little more absurd but i think that's totally mm. fine <laughs> Mm, mm. And the uh, yeah, you get lots of so many great comedic beats that feel very improv. Where the moment where they walk in on them chaining themselves up before yeah. the full moon, and, you know, did you bring your sweatpants, mate? Oh, you're gonna tear right through those. Say goodbye to all your clothes, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> which which I think um, uh, is also potentially one of the more um, improv feeling. Um, scenes i guess it does very mm. much seem like they kind of threw a bunch of stuff in just... there because i as i'm uh i'm sure we're gonna find out in the trivia i already know this but i'm not gonna mention it there is a lot of improv in this film there um, sure is or is this perhaps a good segue into trivia for the film douglas oh would you like it to be i mean i don't really have anything else i don't want to talk about so yeah if you'd like 
Well, let's, let's get on to Trivia Town. Sure, let's bloody get on to Trivia Town. I uh, I normally uh, handpick some trivia notes before we <coughs> start recording, but I decided to fuck it, so we're doing it live. We're gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna flick through the IMDb trivia page, and we're just gonna pick out the ones that strike me first. So <laughs> here we go. Uh, oh, Jackie Van Beek, who plays Jackie was in the early stages of pregnancy while filming. Oh, shit. <laughs> Fucking wow. Okie dokie. Which I think works very well with the uh, the housewife vibe. Yeah, yeah. Probably mm, gives her mm. a bit of a something. I don't know. Yeah, a little... Uh, a little uh, pizzazzle. Mm, mm. Mm. Um, I mean, not really trivia, this, but uh, a funny note that I, uh, I I wrote down, but I only just remembered to talk about it because this is here. The site of the Cathedral of Despair has the nameplate Victoria Bowling Club. Which <laughs> 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 is fucking... It's, it's set in this, like, yeah, sports club. It's so good. I did not notice that. Um, they lost a charred polystyrene skeleton body during the shoot after throwing it in the harbour for a funeral scene. The scene didn't end up in the film, and not realising, it drifted away. Taika Waititi commented on the situation, saying, quote, It was quite realistic looking, so we had to put a press release out saying that if anyone finds this charred body washed up on the beach, don't be alarmed, it's just a prop, end quote. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking imagine. You're just like having, having a daily walk and then you just a charred Ooh. fucking... Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh. What's this? Not good. <laughs> What's this? Uh, a follow-up movie titled Werewolves, which is we apostrophe R-E, we are wolves, is currently in development. Also a mockumentary. This movie follows a group of werewolves living in Monday, Wellington, New Zealand, and mm. it is rumoured to star Reese Darby. Mm. And Stu Rutherford. Mm. 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 Stu maybe um, reprising his role as yeah he ends up being a, a vampire would make sense. Werewolf, werewolf, you dumb bitch. <sighs> he ends up being a werewolf. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> the directors were able to bring screenings of the film to the United States after a successful Kickstarter fundraising campaign. Ah, oh, ah, oh, interesting. How about that? Hmm. That's pretty fucking cool. That's not bad. Each of the main characters is similar to a vampire from a famous vampire movie. Peter is an analogous to Qu- uh, Count Orlock from Nosferatu. Deacon reflects David from The Lost Boys. Vladislav is comparable to Gary Oldman's Dracula. Nick is reminiscent of Edward from Twilight. And Viago is like Louis de Pointe du Lac from Interview with the Vampire, The Vampire Chronicles from 1994. Ah, interesting. The character of Peter was conceived as devoid of personality, but unscripted scenes of the actor and makeup were expensive, so extra footage of the actor and makeup was shot, such as the scene of him listening to music. <laughs> I was wondering how much just like weird random shit they had like slotted in there just to put in in amongst scenes. Well, about 125 hours of footage was shot, Jonathan. Holy fuck. <laughs> Most of which was improvisation from the cast. The process of editing editing that down to a 90-minute movie took almost a year. It doesn't surprise me. As, as someone who has uh, touched in the video editing world with a, a very short-lived YouTube channel, uh, grabbing a bunch of footage and editing it down, I've done a lot. <laughs> And it's horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And God, I, I can't even imagine like 125 hours worth of footage. I bet there were jokes and bits that like, they it's like they're babies. You know, you do yeah. something on set and you're like, oh, that's a winner. That's getting in the film. You know, that's that's the money shot right there. But then maybe the take after that, you do an even better bit. But then the take before was also equally as good. So then you have the choice of, you know, like which bit was better. It's, yeah, oh, I, I feel for them. Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi wrote 150 pages of script, but chose not to show it to a single person involved in the film, both crew and cast. This is to keep things uh, spontaneous and to allow the actors to be surprised by the events unfolding before their eyes. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Incredibly on fucking track for both Mm. Clement and uh, Waititi, if you ask me. 
Um, the building used for the exterior shots of the vampire's house used to be Peter Jackson's office. That's amazing. Because it's New Zealand. Why the fuck wouldn't you? The hill where the vampires have a run-in with the werewolves is the same uh, hill filmed in The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, where Frodo and the hobbits are running from the Black Rider and hiding under the roots of a tree. Oh, your kid. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> New Zealand's such a small place. This doesn't surprise it me really in the slightest. Is. But, it really but is. It really is. Um, uh, yeah, that looks like about it. Oh, my God. It was one of the most heavily pirated films of 2014. Congrats. Kind of a I bummer. Guess. They mm. probably lost a fuck ton of money out of that, but. Oh, well. Well, I mean, like, I guess if you couldn't get it, like, wherever you were, but you really wanted to see it, yeah. I mean, mm. eh, nah, we don't condone pirating here on the 250. <laughs> John just made a very... <laughs> I know I didn't, I made no such face. No, I know, he didn't make, he didn't make any face, sorry. Uh, this is a audio podcast, so there is no, there is no, no visual comedy to be had on mm-hmm. this, on this, uh, podcast. Uh, that's all the trivia that I have for you. It's uh, fucking, it's great. Uh, one other bit that I wanted to uh, just quickly point out was the old lady Catherine's performance at the end oh, of the yeah. film. She is just here for it. Anything that Tyka throws at her, he, she throws it back with like 10 times as much fucking oomph. It's so good. Like, She's such like a old yes lady and. charm. Like you wouldn't yeah. believe. Uh, uh, I've just remembered my favorite line in the film, which is when mm-hmm. they're at the uh, they're at the party, and um, they're like, "What do you? What's what's uh, what's Stu? You know, what does he do?" And he starts explaining how he's a software analyst that works in GIS, and he's like, "Okay, so we like take layers of data, and oh. um, and the beast is like, so he's a virgin too. <laughs> <laughs> he's a virgin. He's a virgin." <laughs> <sighs> Oh, God. That is good. I think... Uh, oh, the other one was um, biscotti. I asked them to eat the biscotti. <laughs> um, and what was it? Uh, someone mentions this, like, uh, he asked me to eat biscotti? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, it's good. Your penis uh, has it's... turned into a snake. <laughs> Fucking turning my penis into a cobra. I'm not here for it. No, I'll get it out here. <laughs> Some weird shit. Mm. It's great. Oh, the film's fucking superb. Uh, Douglas. Yes, Jonathan. Wait, am I supposed to ask you this? Uh, Douglas, when do people, people watch... Uh, uh, I know, I'm supposed to ask you no, where people can watch it. Uh, uh, if you enjoyed you this the- episode of the 250 podcast and would there like to hear go. the next one, uh, we put our episodes out every week, uh, midnight East Australian Eastern Standard Time on a Tuesday, which comes out to uh, afternoon on a Monday in Europe and morning on a Monday in uh, the United States of America. Uh, if you want to contact us directly, you can at mail at 250.com and you can check out our Instagram, which is 250pod. That's T-W-O-F-I-V-E-O-H-P-O-D. Douglas. Hi. Where can people listen to us if that's something that they want to do? You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, Podcast Addicts, Pocket Casts, Amazon Music, Google Home, Amazon Echo, or wherever good podcasts are sold. Uh, if uh, blah, 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 Douglas and I both <laughs> uh, use uh, Letterboxd, which is a movie tracking and reviewing website that we're big fans of, uh, my account is Upa, that is U U U P A H, and Douglas. Mine is I-E-N-Z-O-K-N-I-G-H-T. That's the Enzo Knight. Um, Jonathan here writes haikus whenever he feels like it. And I write more condensed versions of what I talk about here on the 250, as well as anything else that I forgot to mention, as well as any other films that I'm watching in my spare time. I'm currently very busy, so I haven't had time to watch any other films other than what we've been watching for the 250. But I endeavour to watch more in the future. So if you just whack in 250 into the Letterbox search engine or Upa or Enzo Knight, you will come up with us. Yeah. Us. Us. Us, even. You and uh, me. You, S. Hmm. Um, 
Good one. What do we have D I N O S A U A Dinosaur. What's that Kesha song? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, <laughs> oh, Million Dollar That's... Baby. What is this again? Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood directed film. Um, pretty. I'm pretty here for it. It sounds like a, a another Rocky, which I'm kind of hyped for. It does look cool. All I but a saw, bit more actually, of a made the, dramatic Rocky. I made the um, cover for it in advance, and it had uh, who did it have? Clint Eastwood, Hilary Swank, and Morgan Freeman on the front, I believe. Mm. Mm. Uh, and I was like, "What in the fuck is going on here?" <laughs> and we'll find out next week. Oh wow! What a cliffhanger! Wow, 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 wow! What a sizzler! All right, well, uh, thank you for tuning in, everyone. And we'll as we'll see you. We'll again see next you time. all real soon. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Drink some water. Get some vitamin C. Get some vitamin D. Ooh, that's the sun, not the other one. <laughs> C is oranges. <laughs> I Get, what? Yeah, C is vitamin- apples, isn't it? What? And oranges. And oranges. No. Are you serious? It's like primarily oranges. Like oranges are like I thought one it was primarily best... apples. Oranges are like one of the best sort like sources of vitamin C out no. there. No. Sure. Like Fuck citrus. off. No way. I always thought it was apples. Okay, hold up. Vitamin Okay, vitamin hang on. C. Hang on. <laughs> vitamin C. We gotta get this shit squared out. Ascorbic acid. Yeah. Okay. Vitamin C. Hold up. Vitamin Hold C. Up. I. There is no way I am letting you end the podcast on this fallacy that oranges are a better intake of vitamin C than apples. Hold up. Please get me a vitamin C comparison. Orange to apple, apple to orange. Okay. A medium orange is 70 milligrams of vitamin C. Okay. How much vitamin... Wait, 70? 70 milligrams. How much vitamin okay. C is in, in an, an apple. apple? Four milligrams, Douglas. 4.6. For 100 grams of apple. Okay, bye. <laughs> oh, it's eight, it's eight, it's eight no, milligrams no, no, no. for a medium <laughs> apple. Bye-bye. Bye. Um, apparently, there's a I'm, lot of it in... I'm Catskins. stopping recording. <laughs> We're leaving. <laughs> Are you, okay, bye guys. I think it's just me now. I'm pretty sure Douglas has stopped his recording. So I just, Douglas is nodding along, but you can't hear him because he isn't recording anymore. Uh, I, you've censored yourself, sir. You, they, they also didn't hear you say that. Um, guys, they can't hear you say that either. They, vitamin C, get your vitamin C from an orange. This has been, uh, uh, a health, a health, uh, 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 learn about your health stuff from the 250 podcast. <laughs> All right, see you guys. <laughs> well, well, uh, announcement. This has been a health announcement with 250podcast.com. Bye-bye. <laughs>